Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Let's talk about your Electro Nachos t-shirt. What is up, everybody? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah! Yeah. Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you from some very spotty internet connections out here. The internet's been having trouble all day. Storm. the A's elves. I got that crispy internet. It is popping. I'm in upstate New York in a weird New England shack. (laughs) Uh, I'm living it up. It's great. Amazing. Uh, Well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to kick this off with everybody's favorite section of the month. And really, this is one of my favorite sections because it's the time that we thank the amazing folks that support us over at Patreon. Um, So we're going to read through some names. These are people, again, who support us on Patreon. We really appreciate their patronage. So let's kick it off with Aaron C. Hollis. Adam Marks. (laughs) Adriel Moreland. Uh, Elena Fontenot. Amanda Harris. Wow. Amy Gonzalez. Oh, you're on a delay. Andrew Edge. This is going to be great. Andrew Primo. Uh, Andrew Tillman. Benjamin Brown. Carly W. Christina Jaramillo. Chris Terlizzi. Clemens Luer. Curtis LaRock. Deman Ryan. Dan Snow. Dancer Danny Cabral. Daniel Fuentes. Daniel Warden. Danny Heck. Debbie Gloom. Dennis Scott. Dylan LJ. Eduardo Martinez. Emmett Quish. Uh, Arian Dorian. Aaron Dorian. Jeffrey Reischer. Gerard de Villiers. Isaac Carter. James Connolly. James Kurtz. Jason Donahue. Jolene. John George, happy birthday! Happy birthday! Ooh, ooh, Jonathan John. Happy birthday. Jonathan McCool. Joshua Gibson. Joshua W. Broxson. Catherine Aninson. KC New Amen. Kevin Grimes. Oh, he froze. Did we just finish? Kevin yep. Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Kyle. Lee Brown. Juana Thomas. Oh, man, I couldn't even get... Lucas Sink. Uh, Mark Carrillo. Mark Zeller. Matt Tice. Megan Thigpen. Michael A. Sargent. Michael Tillman. Mike Darchenio. Mitchell McDonald. We are TJ's Nelson Martinez. <laughs> and Nick Burrenton. Nick Grayson. Off-White Savior. Ooh, that's official, so official CBC chef. Brett Macris. Yeah, Brett Macris and Brett Macris's friend. Amya Soul Art. Oren Dix. Pablo Martinez. Pedro A. Wrangle. Prime Top Polly G. And of course, you got your boy Rev Mikey. Salute your shorts. Sarah Schottmuller. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. Stanley. Tamelia Rush. The Big Flood. The 12 Banch. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. W.M. Lich. Zika's Viral Comics. Guys, that is, that's some fun. 
I think yeah. we just said all the right names. And Maybe. now here we are. Am uh, I hanging here? Out. I feel, am I yeah. here? Can you hear me? You're Hello? back. I'm back. Yep. It yep. feels like Welcome a ghost. Welcome back. You are on. You are on. I'm on delay. I'm on a delay. It's very weird because from my screen, this is not interesting to everybody. From my screen, it looks on time and it looks clear and pristine, but it makes you kind of feel like you're a ghost here. Like you're just uh, like nobody knows you're there. It's it's sad and scary. Oh, fuck. I can't believe we have to tell you, Alex, you did die. And this is your unfinished business is this podcast. I'm sorry. Neither one of us are Bruce Willis to break that to you. All right. Well, we had a lot of storms here today, so I apologize to everybody if I am weird and delayed. Uh, Also, maybe the storms are because of uh, this little drink that we made with our Patreon Slack today from Gotham City Cocktails by Andre Darlington. This is the Peña Doro, the official drink of the prison. Well, you almost got through it, and then then it got froze. Uh, I'm drinking. I'm staying uh, back about a year ago early pandemic i stayed in this airbnb we came back here in the slight upstate new york and when we came back here this year they had a kegerator in the kitchen oh that's dangerous <laughs> that's dangerous how many is that for you number 15 16 this well this one's number one look how full it is oh, i could wow. never it's the first okay. sip well get going man come on it's tuesday what are you doing it is Tuesday. Um, Alex, you have an offer from First Hand Up Guy to come over to his house. He does live near you and use his internet. Oh, that would be great. Oh, that would be Did you hear me say that would be great, or am I still a ghost? No, no you're, you're Yep. You're great. back. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to try to welcome our guest in here. Maybe you guys can handle the bulk of the interview since I'm slowly dying. We are point. good at that. But Yes, but our first guest is one of our favorite guests here on the show. He is the writer of Birthright, which is finishing up its 50-issue run JT, for cool, Comics Tomorrow, which is very, which be is cool, very exciting. Uh, Joshua Williamson, one of our favorites to have here on the show, as I mentioned. Maybe you heard, maybe you didn't. Who doesn't really know? But ladies and gentlemen, Joshua, hey, hey. hello. Hello again, everyone. How are you doing? Uh, <laughs> I think we are. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be interesting. So good. <laughs> Yeah, we're all like on different speeds, basically. It's like somebody playing music. We're like a barbershop hello. quartet. So we're like, hello, yeah. hello, hello, yeah, all right, all right. hello. Yes. Josh, congratulations. First of all, this is incredible. I was looking at the back matter, and we won't get into spoilers necessarily for the last issue, uh, but man, this has been over a decade wow. for you at the point yeah, on this true. book. What is the experience like? finally tackling it, finally writing those last words on the last page. Super weird. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> a, I mean, I basically came up with the, the idea for this book back in 2007 and, and wow. we still figured it out and I couldn't crack it for a long time. And I, I did talk about this a lot in the, in the back matter, but it was like, I could never figure it out. And then around uh, 2013, I started finally starting to gather, you know, the ideas and really started to come together and, you know, um, and so even from the very beginning, I always knew what that ending was going to be. And so, yeah, finally writing it, it was definitely emotional. I remember, like, taking a walk, basically, once I got to it. You know, oh, wow. it really was this whole idea of coming together with uh, with family, without getting into spoilers and stuff about, about... It's a lot having to do with, like, found family and things like that. And so really trying to get to that point uh, was definitely very emotional because, like I talked about in the, in, the, in the back of the book, you know, it's like a lot of the stuff was going on with me emotionally over all this time and sort of my journey kind of mirrored Mikey's in weird ways, you know? 
And so to get to that ending and to finally have those words at the end, it was definitely very like, I don't know, it was a really, really a strange feeling. Like I feel weird that I'm done with it now because it's been such a part of my life. I mean, it's also really weird. Like, you know, how do I put this? Like when you're breaking in, when you're breaking into comics, one of the pieces of advice people tell you all the time is don't, pitch a 50 issue epic <laughs> yeah yeah 50 issue epic and I, I people even back then to this day i'll still say it but uh the fact that i was able to do a 50 issue epic it was a fantasy epic about family is wild to me you know and i get to have it on my shelf forever and i have a bunch of pieces of art from it i've actually andre has told me i can pick whatever i want from oh wow well, here's the thing. I wanted the last two pages, and I forgot to tell Andre this beforehand. Now, uh, Adriano, who's the colorist, who's colored every page of all 50 issues, wow. has never wow. asked for a page until he colored the last page, and he told Andre, I want the last two pages. <laughs> when I saw the email thread, I was like, dude, of course <laughs> you know, it's like, you colored this book for 50 issues. Of course you thought it was the last two pages. Uh, but yeah, I have to go through issue 50. I have it right here with me. I need to go through and pick. I might actually pick the cover. I don't know. Um, I mean, the cover sort of is another version of that. It, it, you know, sort yeah. of maybe that feels like the larger. Uh, you can sort of hold the whole book in that image in a way. Yeah. Well, there's that. There's also the trade cover to volume 10, which kind of mirrors the first trade cover. So there's little, there's all kinds of little stuff that I could probably do. Well, that's the thing about this. I don't know who has the issue one cover. I think the person who has the issue one cover might be Kirkman. Because um, mm. some people Skybound have certain things. But this cover, this cover, it mirrors the cover to issue one, where it's Mikey standing in front of a door. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you see there's like, uh, the archway here has an angel, but on the first issue it has a devil. So there's all kinds of... Ooh, nice. So I kind of wish I had both of them and put them next to each other. But yeah, I think Kirkman actually has issue one. The other thing that I want is an issue 42, I think, maybe 43. There was like a six-page oh, yeah. war scene that he did. I actually think that's in the Skybound offices. Wow. That's Just like... Sometimes I'm like, oh, man. Because they have that. There was a promo image they did that was like 10 covers long almost. That we did the very beginning, there was a promo image, and that's in the Skybound. That is in Skybound. I know that for sure. But... <laughs> Yeah, it's super weird to write those last few words, man. Like, it was just strange. It's a strange feeling to, to, to work on this thing and have it be a part of your life. But in weird ways, again, like I said this, it was mirroring my life as I was going, you know? So, wow. like, when, when they had their kid in the book, when they first had their daughter, that was the exact same time I was having my daughter. So it was, yeah. it was always weird parallels across with that series. And so it's... Well, the thing about babies, I'll just mention. Can you talk a little bit more about that? You solicit babies pretty far in advance. Yeah. That's all. (laughs) Yeah, you do. There is a period there. The beats in this book were planned long before I was even married. So it's like, you know, it it all kind of came together. What were you, you going to ask me, Justin? I was going to say, I mean, I love this book. I t- I've talked about this book from I the know. jump. I, I mean, yeah. it's really, so I'm so excited. I was so excited to read this last issue. What's it, you're talking about um, the way that the book affected you and you affected the book. Can you talk a little bit more about the book affecting you as your life and the book were sort of traveling together? Were you like looking at your life through the lens of the book, if that makes sense? Like learn, almost learning from your own work in a weird way? Yeah, I was because I was learning stuff about family. I mean, what's interesting is like the dude, the, 
the ending to this book is almost exactly the same we had planned it from the very beginning right like it was this whole thing of he was gonna go and find Callista. so here are the beats that never changed he was gonna find Callista. he was gonna confront her she was gonna die and then he was gonna go to the park and he was gonna think that he lost his daughter and then find her those uh. beats Sorry for spoilers. Those beats were always going to be this. Thing, uh, that right? park thing was like, oh. well, because like, yeah. yeah, I wanted to mimic the first issue, and I wanted yeah. to go with the idea of like he, because Calissa says it. Calissa's like, you're always going to be the lost boy, like you're never going to find your family, right? That's the whole thing. You're never going to find your family, and then he finds her at the end, and it's like he defeats he defeats this thing because. Part of the whole idea of the book is about, you know, destiny and, and getting to pick your life and, and, and having control of your life, all this stuff. And Callista, who, who, you know, she controls her own life, her own way. And she tells him, like, you're never going to be anything other than that lost little boy running in the woods looking for his family. That is what she tells him. You're never going to be anything else other than yeah. that. And he breaks that finally. He, she sort of curses him with yeah. it in a way. Like, it felt like, he, it feels like in, in the issue you could see him be like, Ah, oh, God, she's right. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then he breaks it. Like he, yeah. but that's the, the whole nature of it. But so, like I said, those things were the. But the 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 scenes with Callista, they were, they were drastically different. Like they were drastically different from before, where it was much more of a fight. It was like a drag out fight, and then I was going through it and some stuff with me, and it became this thing of like. It isn't about the fight anymore and her having some kind of peace with herself and him having peace with her because she was this thing that haunted him. And so for me, like cathartically, she represented a lot of stuff from my past and a lot of stuff of frustration about a past. And that's the whole, like, you know, there's all kinds of, they talk about in there, but a lot of that was me talking to my past in a lot of ways. Right. And so that's awesome. It came to a lot of weird conclusions about this book and it, it changed that last issue because of it, of me being able to kind of, like emotionally deal with parts of my life that I wasn't happy with from before and being able to finally say like him kind of being like him, him sort of like making the decision of like, I'm no longer afraid of you. And this thing between us is done. That was also me like learning that lesson and letting go of a lot of stuff and being like, nah. it's time forward. So nah. all these things, but even something as simple as like originally at the ending, um, when Mikey, you know, finds his family, it was going to be just him and his daughter. Like Raya wasn't going to be there. And then as I started getting closer and closer, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm a fool. Things like that changed, but that was because of maybe I've grown as a person and then thought about stuff, you know? And so wow. like, there's all kinds of things throughout the book that, that definitely influenced me figuring some things out. And I, I became a better writer too, just working on this book. It's always been the hardest one to write. Um, and so, you know, just, just, I think me figuring some things out and, you know, becoming a father definitely influenced some of my thoughts on the book and, and, you know, the relationships between the families and stuff and, and between, you know, with, with, um, with Aaron and Wendy, you know, all the things with them, just, it, it all kind of like it, yeah, it definitely went back and forth where I was figuring out stuff and then I would put it in the book. And then I would be like reading it and be like, oh man, you know what? Like it would make me realize, like writing it, like I would realize something and come back to it. Wow. There's this thing that some writers talk about where you're like, you're on the couch too much when you're writing. And I don't necessarily think that's a problem. Like, <laughs> like, I don't think couch is nice. Yeah, I don't think there's nothing wrong treating, um, well, because it's about therapy, right? Like you're on the couch at your therapist. 
Yeah. A, a lot of writing is therapy. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it is me putting a lot of stuff into the work and then trying to, you know, feed it backwards. So that's what this book was. It was always that. Um, yeah. are, you're a method writer. Are you going to tell your family that um, you had them because you needed to know what it was like <laughs> for the <laughs> book? No, no, no. 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 You don't have to answer that question. Um, I do have one more question, though. I yeah. love the way you, now that you, you sort of set up the ending for us, like the way I feel like there's such a temptation in comics and all media now to be like, guess what? It's happening again. And the satisfaction that we get at the end of this book when it's like, no, it's not. Like, I felt like that tension just reading this book now in our current uh, sort of culture, creative culture, like I felt like the tension couldn't be higher. And then when they find each other, I thought that like that release was just just really, really nice. Well, I thought we had it in too. There was nothing else to be said after that. Um, yeah. yeah, it was fun. I remember talking to people when issue one came out. There's a friend of mine, um, his name is Ben Abernathy. He's the Batman group editor at that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, when he came, when the first issue came out, he said he had a hard time reading it because the beginning felt too much for him. Right, it was too much for a father to like not find their kids in the woods, you know, and then to lose them and the family drama after that. He was like, oh, it felt too real to him. And in the back of my head, I'm like, knowing how that was the ending, I was like, all right, good. I'm glad I got that part right. <laughs> yeah. you know, I got it right on the very beginning because that's the whole ending is about yeah. bringing it back around and then, yeah, closing it off. I wanted to close the door. Um, you know, we have a coda that's in Skybound X. Do you know what Skybound X is? It's, the, it's this weekly thing that Skybound is doing in July where it's, I think it's July. It's like five issues weekly where everything is just... Um, little shorts anthologies where it's going to be about like the walking dead will have a, a chapter and then there's going to be a chapter for excellence just different skybound books like invincible has mm -hmm. i think something in there um but there's a there so one of them is going to have a birthright one and it's it's oh. and it's kind of a coda but not really it's a kind of a fun thing about brennan like brennan figures out there's one place in Terranos that mikey never went to and he wants to know why and so he goes and he, he uh, meets somebody who I, I'm going to say it's not really weird. He meets someone that I wrote a lot of who has never appeared in a birthright comic book before. He, Whoa. Like thing where he meets somebody and is like, oh, what are you doing here? It's like a whole thing. And it's just a fun little story. But it gives you like a, even a little bit more of a coda for Brennan. But even then, I'm, I'm definitely done with this world. Like, I feel like, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. the, the, the arc of Mikey was the, you know, him finding his family again. Because that was it. It was the whole thing. The beginning of the book was like, it's t this has been taken away from him. You know, from him and his family. The, they're never going to be a real family again. All this stuff got taken away. And like, of building that back and then giving it back to him at the ending of like, no, you, not only do you find them, they find you. And yeah, it was always about coming back around to that idea. Wow. Uh, we have a question over on YouTube, yeah. if you guys can hear me. I don't even know. Uh, Ramsey Hassan says, were yes. there any yeah, surprise moments or... <laughs> yes. Ramsey Hassan says, were there any surprise moments or turns in the story that came out in the scripting? Yeah, the biggest one is probably Boomer. Like, Boomer was the military guy who became the werewolf who, like, is basically kind of like an uncle in the family. <laughs> that yeah. dude was never in any plans ever. That guy was never in any of the initial plans. That guy came out of, we were like, oh, the military is going to be coming after them at some point, like piecing stuff together. I was like, oh, they're on this train. We knew the military was coming after them. And 
uh, I don't remember what the line was now. I'm like forgetting. It was like, uh, it was all aboard. That's right. It was all aboard. So it sounded really silly, but like the end of one of the issues, I had to write a military person spying on the family and he sees them on the train. And the moment I wrote, like he was going to write something else. It was going to be more like menacing or whatever. But the moment I did like a patron reveal of this guy looking at the train and he says all aboard suddenly that character like unlocked in my head and i was like oh i like this guy and so i started writing on the next issue where he was the villain for that arc because he was hunting them and i started writing this character and then i was like i was like yeah i actually really like uh i like this dude and then gradually he became part of the story and more and more of the book he actually took the place of another character whose name was agent brooks from the very beginning that I always thought was a little boring. Like, it was my fault. I kind of made him boring. But, clearly, <laughs> well, because at one point, Agent Brooks, this, is, this goes in the idea of something changing. At one point, Agent Brooks was, we were going to hint at the fact that he had, we did hint at it, that he had an affair with Wendy or something happened with Wendy. We kind right. of hinted at it, but I never really liked it. And so we kind of abandoned it. And then once we abandoned that, he became less and less interesting. And so once he met Boomer, and Boomer kind of took on his role, you know, of like, I'm the military guy here. I'm the, the guy working for the government. Then Boomer started becoming more and more interesting to me to write. And then I was having dinner with Andre in New York. And Andre was like, um, Andre was like, you know what? I would have this whole conversation. But what do you want to draw? Like, what, what do you want to draw in the book? And he was like, I really want to draw werewolves. I really want to draw werewolves. And I was like, well, we're going to have this issue where they're going to fight a bunch of monsters that have guns. Um, so one of my favorite gags in the book is where they all train with swords, thinking they're going to fight monster swords, and they show up and monsters have guns. Um, <laughs> they go, and one of the monsters was going to be a werewolf, and then I was like, oh man, he's going to bite Boomer, and then we're going to turn Boomer into a werewolf. And that made Andre so happy, so it just kind of like <laughs> definitely like kind of weaved his way through, and, and, and Andre always loved drawing him, and uh, especially when he was like, once he became like half human, half werewolf, in issue 49, I could tell on it. It was just like really having fun with that character. So that's, that's one of the biggest, like weird kind of changes that came through. But a lot of the other stuff was sort of mapped out as we went. There were occasionally little things. Um, I only ran out of room once for something in the whole thing. Um, mm. I, I had to kind of like correct a little bit. Some of the stuff was Oshana, um, who was supposed to be, you know, Mikey's, wife on the other world that he wasn't like they were in arranged marriage stuff some of the stuff got shifted around a little bit but for the most part all the big beats of like what we knew each arc was gonna be stayed the same but yeah that that character boomer came out of nowhere but i love writing him and he even getting all that we did the last five issues are all epilogues basically it's like we do an epilogue for brennan and mikey and yeah. relationship. we do a raya you know and then boomer got his own epilogue issue because of that like that character did not exist, became important enough that we gave him his own issue. So, yeah. Uh, one of the things that I, I really loved was a lot of the action stuff. And there was some amazing double page spreads there that really made me want to, you know, have the physical copy of the book. Were there pages that you got back that you were just kind of like really blown away with that kind of like stick with you of like, oh my God, I'm I'm so uh, happy with how this turned out or so moved by it. Yeah, I would say almost every issue. It became a matter of like challenging each other, I think, because with Andre, I would give him something early on, you know, like early on in the book, I would pitch something in the book or ask him to draw some two-page spread and I would be like, here's this crazy thing. And, and then 
he would come back and he would do it like way better than I was expecting. So I'm like, all right, I know, <laughs> I know what he's going to do. And everything was always, he was always going to take on every challenge I put in front of him. So then it became this matter of me trying to one up him and then him trying to one up me. So it was just like me constantly being like, right, you can draw that. Well, here's this other crazy thing to draw. Let's see what happens. And then he would always go like above and beyond every single time. Um, so yeah, there were times that would come in, and I was just like, dude. The, I think one in particular comes to mind was the first time. I mean, every time he drew anything, you're just like, dude, this guy gets it. But there was even stuff like with the um, there's a two page spread where they go into like their grandpa Samuel's grandpa, their grandpa. They go into his lair, and it's this two page spread of a collection of all these artifacts. Yeah, yeah. I think in the script, I literally just wrote artifacts. <laughs> Andre went and he just like looked up, you know, like every single fantasy movie possible, grabbed one thing from each and put it in that room to the point where Skybound had to make a, um, Skybound made an index for everything. Mm. And even after they made an index, I think it's in the back of one of the trades. They show the index, they show the art and they show all the stuff he put into it. There was even something recently I was looking at and I found something that wasn't in the index. And I was like, dude, he just slammed it so much stuff wow. in there all the time. And yeah, that's why he and I like, I have plans on working with that dude pretty much forever. Like we've another yeah. book that were like I owe him some stuff. So he, he's starting to do designs for it. But like he and I have this other thing we want to do now that we're done with this. It'll be shorter. It won't be fifty issues. <laughs> but we have this thing we want to do next. That's uh, it's not a fantasy thing. It's very different from this. But uh, I don't know. Part of that's because I, I talked to him on on Skype when I started. I was like, he has to draw it. And I went to him, and I'm like, "All right, you think this stuff before was crazy? This stuff's even more crazy. Like, let's see if you can draw this stuff." Uh, wow. So yeah, it'll be fun working with him. Yeah, he does all kinds of. Yeah, he'll, he'll always go for it every single time. Just to uh, Justin, you look like you were about to. No, ask go something. ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, was I was gonna, gonna place a drink. It... I was gonna make a drink order with you. Is that? <laughs> Thanks. You it seems like you're mixed. Uh... Yeah, if you want any of that, great. Um, you, obviously, like you're saying, you're kind of you're done with the world of birthright, even though you have this coda coming. But do you have any plans to work with Andre again in the future? Well, as I was or saying, or do you want to yeah. break from each other at this point? No, he was just talking. About yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I want to do it, but we're we're working on a book now. He's starting to design school oh, okay. next week, actually. So, yeah, we're talking about a book that we want to do. There's a book we want to do next, or that we're gonna do next. Um, it's very different from birthright. I think people will be uh, surprised. It's gonna be it's gonna be pretty different. Cool. And uh, now that you have every issue out, is there any chance that we're going to get like an omnibus or anything like that? We talk about it all the time. I have a couple different options we want to do. Or I'll show you something. Part of it is that we want to do it. We want to do it right. Um, in the French editions for Birthright, they do like giant hardcovers. Let me show you this thing. Cool. Uh, yeah, if you wouldn't mind just going through everything on your shelf, that'd be yeah, awesome. Yeah, let's see the international spread. <laughs> Yeah, no, but look at this thing. So this is the size of the hardcover. Wow. Comic book comparatively. Like if you look at maybe like what's a hardcover? Okay, so like I have like the image paper girls hardcover. Like nice. This is Yeah, that's a flex. That's a French flex right there. (laughs) The the French know how to do it up. Yeah. So they do these hardcovers like this. And so I've always told Skybound, I'm always like, if we ever do another if we ever do hardcovers, I want them to be this size. Um this is, I think it would look, it, dude, they look so cool. They just look awesome. So we do talk about stuff. It depends on a few things. Uh, we do have a plan for something that's like a big collectible thing. 
uh, it's way too early to talk about it. But then you also have the fact that, you know, Universal has been working on a movie for the last few years, and we, we've gotten some, like, cool news about that, and it keeps on running. So I think if that movie does happen and does really start hitting it, then that'll be even easier for us to get, like, really nice hardcovers. Yeah, that's uh, when the really- books get much, much larger. When you <laughs> yeah. get that, that movie hype is when the books are you're sleeping oh, on a book yeah. at night. Well, it'll be nice because we'll have 10 trades. And so if, it, if people, I mean, if you look at, this is very much more mercenary money minded, but you look at like the Invincible cartoon is on Amazon right now. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Teams, the Invincible compendiums, they're selling like crazy. So, you know, you never know. We'll see what happens. But we definitely yeah. want to, there is a plan to do some kind of really nice collectible thing down the line. We talk about it. and it, It's just a matter of time. Do you have a dream casting for Mikey? And why is it Jason Momoa? <laughs> I it, 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 I feel like it's always been Jason Momoa, even from the beginning. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. it's something we always talk about is Jason Momoa, but I don't know. We'll see. I, I think it'd be awesome with Jason Momoa. I mean, he's, such, he's so iconic as Aquaman now, though, too. So I don't mm-hmm. know. We'll see. I, I mean, see. he can move away from Aquaman. Everyone's fine <laughs> with yeah, I mean, everybody else. Yeah, I know. Don't that, put that it, out there. Don't say that. I think that, uh, yeah. I think that Andre, because Andre actually came to that conclusion on his own before I said it, and he didn't really draw him as much as that, but it's definitely been in our minds this whole time that, you know, very much like a Jason Momoa would be perfect. I'm not sure also, I mean, listen, I'm sure there's, like, other actors who can grow a beard and long hair and be super buff, but Jason Momoa has a good personality, you know? He has a really good energy to work here, so... And are you going to try to get yourself, like, a little camera, uh, a cameo in it and stuff like that, you know? like? Oh, yeah, for sure. I would totally say that. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? All it's stuff. easy. They love putting yeah. the writers in acting roles. Yeah. By the way, not to not to call him out, but when you said actors growing beards, be, Pete immediately went, "Hmm." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. My that, beard grew a little bit when you said it's that. An option. I'm going to do push-ups for the rest of the interview. Yeah, above. Yeah, there, there actually is a, a Mikey toy that they that Skybound made. That's like it's like a little guy. It's like a little Funko size one. Um, and I don't have that. So whenever we talk about something, I'm always like, oh my God, where is that? I, it's so crazy. But actually, I'll show you. Pretty cool. Where is that? What did I do with it? I love this. I love the shelf dive. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know. This shelf, it's surrounding you, John. Oh, yeah. It goes all the way around. It goes I all love way it. Around. You have wow. ultimate access to everything. Yeah. Wow. Oh, look at awesome. that. When you so, said Funko, that's not what that is. There are only five of these in the world. Wow. But it is a Mikey statue that Andre had made when we, I think it was like year two of the book. Andre had these made. He sculpted it and somebody Whoa. made it. It's, it's bronze. It's a bronze statue. There are only five of these. So it's like me, Sean, Andre has one. I think it's Kirkman and I forget who has the fifth one. But yeah, there are five of these in the world of this guy. And it's awesome. It's like one of my favorite things. I got this in one of the most nervous trips I've ever had coming home from a convention. I bet. Was this. Oh, I bet. Packed in a suit. It, it was in my luggage. Yeah. It was 2000, I think it was 2015. It was in my luggage. And they actually checked it. They went through it. And they didn't wow. break it. Yeah. Because it's, it's so, this could easily break. It's got this like mace on it. And it has this mm-hmm. axe. This could, this could easily break one day. So I'm. I keep it in a very nice, secure location. But yeah, that's like one of my most, that's probably one of my most prized birthright things is that. It's, I just have this picture that. in my head of you standing up and saying, yeah, I'm really scared about it breaking one day. And then you sit down and it just goes, pew. 
Oh, no. That's why it's in a different location where I can never, like, bump it. Like, all this other stuff are toys. Anything that's right around here are usually toys, because if I just bump into it, it's not that big a deal. I broke a Hawkman toy over here recently. He fell. His face broke. So, yeah. Well... We're, I'm sorry to hear about that, but congratulations about the book. It's amazing. Uh, we love it. Justin is getting set up on his bed like a little schoolgirl kicking up. I'm just going to sit here. No, my computer was at 1%. If it wasn't charging, I had to move. Oh, yeah. uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Congratulations. It has been a yeah, pleasure congrats. talking about this book it's been over amazing the decades. Read. Uh, decades, Amazing. years. Uh, congratulations. And everybody go check it out tomorrow from Image Comics. Thanks, Josh. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, right. take care. So great. All right. There we go. Once again, Birthright from Image Comics. It is out tomorrow on stands everywhere. Birthright number 50. Did I freeze again? What's going on? No, I'm just laughing at Justin trying oh, okay. to like. Yeah. <laughs> well, like... I'll tell you what. I'm going to invite our next guest in. They were... <laughs> yeah. Let's hope they do get invited right. in before you get frozen. Oh, yes. uh, but uh, if they do get to go in here, or even regardless, we'll just plug it anyway. Oh, there they are. Uh, Michael hey! W. Conrad and Becky Clinton. Hey! Hello. Can you hear so us? Excited. Yes. Yes, we can hear you. Can you hear us? Yes. We can. We did it. I, I'm, we nailed it. Excited. We brought our Mikey statue as well. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that's great. Thank you so much for having us. Wow. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, so you guys are working on the new run of Wonder Woman that we have been loving yeah. it's yeah, so fantastic it. oh great and for well, those who haven't been have picking you read the, have you read the newest one yes we have i don't know yeah. people yeah. are kind of eased on he that reads one the reviews. i read the reviews oh, i see, wow. I, I see read them quick torture myself oh midnight the night before i started <laughs> oh, don't do it, don't uh, do it from what i understand tom king does the same thing so i'm just gonna keep doing it if if i end up uh doing the Tom's numbers, then then I think mm-hmm. we'll be all right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, we're 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 very happy with how people are are responding to our run, and uh, yeah, it's cool, man. Well, for those who haven't been picking it up, uh, there's such a simple little switch that you do here, where and I'm sure you guys can talk about the plot more, but the i the basic idea is that Wonder Woman wakes up with no memory, not in Olympus but in Asgard, and she is caught in this Valhalla fight with the Norse mythological creations. And obviously there's a lot more to it, but it's such this little shift of mythologies, but it makes such a big difference for the storytelling. Where did that initial gerber of the idea come from? Where did you say, wait a second, we're not going to have her die and end up in Olympus in that afterlife. We're going to put her in this other mythological afterlife. I think that it was just we wanted to do something different, something that wasn't expected. When when we were presented with the opportunity to write Wonder Woman, we knew that, you know, it was coming on the tail end of death metal and that, you know, she has ascended, she sacrificed herself for the multiverse. And Becky and I, as with, with every part of our creative process, it starts with us going for a long walk and having a conversation. Uh-huh. And... Um, 
I don't know who, who came up with it, but we just thought that it would be cool. like, imagine you died and went to the wrong afterlife. Like how, how bizarre, like my man in that cool song once said. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the soundtrack I play when I read every issue. I'm so glad to yeah. hear that was the right how place. Yeah, it's like, good too. Yeah. I think some of it too was, it was um, just kind of a breath of fresh air to, cause you know, Diane is always surrounded by like Greek mythology and that mythos is so familiar to her. And like almost, I don't want to say it's overdone because it's, you know, it's what you expect. Um, But it was just fun to throw her someplace totally new. And uh, yeah. I mean, I got to say reading, especially reading the issue that came out yesterday, which I thought was great. So I don't know whose reviews you're reading because we're about to drop a a crush review uh, tomorrow morning. There we Uh, go. We need we need all of them. We need all that we can get. Make up fake names. Go on the internet. <laughs> one with mustache, no mustache. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a whole elaborate buffet of reviews. Um, but I, I want to see, this is the Wonder Woman I want to see. I want to see this like quantum leap version where uh, she bounces around to different places uh, doing afterlife things or just touching other parts of the world. I feel like we've seen just so much of the Mount Olympus game. Yeah, I agree. It really came off as like a fresh kind of, uh, and also she's different. She looks different, which is great. It's a, uh, I really, as someone who loves Wonder Woman, uh, loves a lot of the runs, I really uh, thought this was such a a big swing in all the right ways. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for more. I'm very excited. Can you talk a little bit about like, uh, with the character design and different kind of things that you were like, like, this is important to me for this Wonder Woman character? Yeah, we we let Travis do a lot of that. Um, I think when we started, we sent him like a bunch of reference and like ideas and like kind of jumping off points. And the idea is to kind of straddle something that's mythological, something that is historically, I don't say accurate, but like historically, like you could look at it and recognize what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the superhero stuff. So, you know, you never want to lose sight of the fact that it's a superhero book. So you want it to have that flavor, but you don't want it to be like the dominant thing in the design. So he really just worked his magic and came up with something absolutely brilliant. Yeah, a lot of it is like we didn't create Thor from whole cloth for the DCU. He actually... That's, pre- a, that's a Kirby. Yeah, it's a Kirby yeah. thing. <laughs> So it's like, oh, this guy named Kirby uh, has dis- has made a design. Like we can, we use- can't not. Yeah, maybe like- we could use that. Um, well, when I saw it- the hammer, I was like, that hammer is not <laughs> fresh. That's not a fresh hammer, right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> yeah, like Becky was saying, we wanted to have a couple different ingredients in there, and thankfully, Travis is just such a brilliant artist that he was able to make something feel. Uh, germane to the area while also feeling like fun and and exciting to look at because frankly in doing our research a lot of these old uh, Norse uh, clothing pieces they didn't look that great these were just people who were like they've disintegrated over time (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) can't even see them nowadays clothes Um, used to be much harder than they are now clothes like clothes used to suck I mean that's real yeah like shoes you'd have the same shoe for both feet and then when they kind of worn out you switched them unbelievable (laughs) i mean i I still do that i I like that i think that's a good way to make use exactly i had club feet when i was young so i had to wear my shoes on the wrong feet to 
adjust the curvature of my of my feet and that's not a joke no. so let's not yeah. make jokes about my my shoes about my footwear no okay. i would i should have I, I saw that was a, a do not talk about i immediately I got can't believe it. yeah <laughs> oh no um one other thing that uh you guys have put in this run and especially this this issue is diana has like relationships and like more real like she has a like a hookup she has like a romance and i feel like that's something that's missing from just so many comics there, it, there's always like all the characters i feel like they're frozen in their like relationships in uh, not just sexual relationships but all relationships so to actually see that i thought was like yes it's such it's so nice to see that um is was that like something you were consciously doing or was it did it develop as you were doing it that was something that just kind of came out of the fact that we just loved siggy so much I think Aww. yeah um like we you know when we first were thinking of different characters that would act as like foils for her and yeah. different um people who would you know populate the area um it just kind of felt natural i guess yeah sometimes like josh was saying in the in the course of telling a story it's almost like a character speaks to you and demands you know more time more like a greater presence within the story um, I would have never planned something like that. I think like it, we were already asking so much. It's like, Hey, here's the memory trope. And here's, uh, here's a furry sidekick. We're doing all these things wrong. Like I'm, I'm so thankful that people are responding well to it because we've done all the things that I, I kind of hate. Uh <laughs> But I think we're doing it from the, from the most genuine place that we can as real fans of Diana and fans of 80 years of, of her stories. Uh, no, I never would have, we never would have planned to have uh, something like that happen, but we, we have made efforts to kind of evolve Diana a little bit. And that's kind of where some of the critique of our run is, is coming from people are concerned about the the colloquial nature of her speech uh about this you know this budding situation with Siegfried there's people who have like a very clear uh defined idea of who Diana is and we want to respect them and we want to honor them in their fandom but on the same hand we're trying to move the character forward a little bit so it's cool that people are kind of picking up what we're putting down hopefully uh hopefully we you know, we can thread that needle and keep keep new and old fans happy. I appreciate you guys saying that, but I feel like, like you said, we've had 80 years of that. Like, let's make some moves, gang. These characters can be a little bit different. Don't reread. That's what we say when we are on Comic Book Club. That's yes. what we say when we're in, in our home. We're like, let's do something. Let's let's do this. But no, we would we plan it? Heck no. I think Heck. it helps too that we started in like the afterlife. It's like a weird time for her. She is like, right. you know, rediscovering who she is and hopefully like readers, you know, it's a great point for people to jump on too. Yeah. Like yeah. I think some Woman before, like it's a great point to like get to know her as well. Uh, this is a question from over on YouTube with Asgard having such a strong tie to Marvel and the public consciousness. How did you go about making it your mm. own? Or maybe the answer is because it's partially Kirby. Maybe that at least gave that starting <laughs> point there. Yeah, I mean that's a consideration. Uh, we got a cat joining us now. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, scratching my leg. That's where you got the idea for the furry sidekick right there. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's kind of everyone's property. You know, m- mythology uh, becomes the property of humanity. We all, we all share ownership over it. Um, with regard to differentiating it from Marvel, uh, we didn't we didn't have to work too hard at that because we both grew up being myth, myth, mythology fans. So we just based it more on the mythology. We based it on that and kind of leaning into uh, those old Kirby designs that are kind of hard to find. And it didn't really define the world too much. So it's really mostly let's dig in with... Um, with the mythology and let's see like what what do the myths tell us about the layout of this land we created a couple elements um there and like we we describe yggdrasil which is like the big world tree there as being a member of the parliament of trees that's just you know us being nerds and wanting to <laughs> do a little nod to swamp thing like nice. the fear of the gods and then who knows where that will pay off later you know it's like you see these little ideas that you can like you know, in the future, you know, we could look back and find all these little breadcrumb trails that we can start, like, you know, picking away at. Yeah. yeah. And hopefully hopefully, someone else somewhere down the line is like, oh, yeah, there was this weird Wonder Woman moment. Like, let's go back to that world. Let's see, see what's going on there. I mean, a lot of Swamp Thing writers are like, okay, trees. Okay, where's the trees? <laughs> <laughs> uh, giving tree. Nope, yeah. that's a stump. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Spoiler, forgiving tree. Also. Yeah, geez, come on, man. <laughs> that's dumb. I had actually totally forgotten that that's the ending, and you just broke my heart again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all over again. Just, oh, that's the, the good story. You stumped. That's a giving tree right there. Uh, I know I'm a ghost once again, but I'll talk from my cloudy visage over here. Uh, you guys are also working on a Midnighter backup, yes. right? which uh, is great yes. as well. Love Michael Avon Oming's art. Super fun to have him on board for that. Uh, what What's your take on Midnighter? Like, how do you come at that character? Because that feels like such a tough nut to crack. I was trying to give Becky space to speak because I'm such a talker. <laughs> um, I was waiting for him to speak because he's such a talker. Oh, like, oh. You, guys, you guys froze in like a family photo almost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think like what everyone knows about Midnighter who hasn't kept up with the character since 98 or whenever he first debuted on the scene in the authority is like, oh, it's a gay Batman. And I, I always saw that as kind of like, it's so, it's it's almost insulting how much it strips the character down and, and takes away all the nuance that I find most interesting about Midnighter. The stuff that I find interesting about Midnighter does involve his, his, sec, his sexuality, does involve his vigilante status, um, but the thing that I find most interesting about him as somebody who with a background in the mental health field is his is his apparent lack of empathy and his seeming glee uh, at har- causing harm to bad guys. Uh, I, I've always found it problematic and strange and weird, but also, you know, in a story, it's it's exciting because there aren't <laughs> consequences from this. Um 
but it's I've always been interested in trying to find a way to kind of reconcile and and get in the head of Midnighter, and it, and that's exactly what we decided to do when we took the Midnighter assignment was let's let's get in his head literally and figure out maybe a little piece of why he is this way. We're telling it in the framework of like a almost like a Verhoeven movie, like just yeah. over the top, sci-fi, violent, weird, uh, as violent and weird as we can get away with in, in the pages comics. of action comics, which is like <laughs> for the family thing. We drove our editors so wild, so, so we were pushing the limits so much that Jamie S. Rich has left DC Comics <laughs> As a result of this, he couldn't. He couldn't deal with it. Broke someone. We broke him. He left. No, Jamie was a huge advocate, and the reason why we ended up on that book, Jamie did leave DC, but he's off to to pursue a new new job. Couldn't refuse. An offer Mm. he couldn't refuse. (laughs) Um, So meanwhile, we're we're like continuing to explore midnighter but in this in this modality of also doing the things that we love seeing midnighter do the stuff that i loved seeing him do in steve orlando's run yeah. which beating people with a hammer and having like sweet tender very real moments with apollo so we're yeah. we're getting to those parts yeah because yeah. The, for me he's uh, nothing like batman because he's capable of love uh, but he, he, the, the, the fact that he is like, uh, compartmentalized, like I'm at work, I can, I beat ass, you know, and then I, you know, when I get home, I can hang that up. But like, uh, I really love the duality of Midnighter as someone who can show how tender and capable he is and then also be so broken. Um, and I really love the, uh, the art style really kind of like sets up this world of like, this is a different Midnighter. We're really kind of diving into him and it's kind of warping him in a way that the art does uh, that I really think opens up the story in such a great way. Uh, as a Midnighter fan, I've been really happy with uh, what you guys have been doing. Uh, so again, I just want as a, a nerd, just say, thank you. You're killing it. And thank you so much. It's a great, just to jump on that real quick. It's a great package with uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's, uh, action comics superman yeah, stuff it's yeah like this emotionally tense thing like i care for my father i i feel like he's going to get hurt and then he yeah, popped a midnighter he's like well <laughs> i'm my brain is this <laughs> it's like wild uh like i just got to get through another day like it's, it's it truly is a great package and i let's let's get that midnighter book on the shelves uh stand below yeah. yeah i think well i did what i that, oh, would, that would be really cool we're Actually, today we were working on uh, the annual that will be out. I don't know. I never know the release dates on things, but it'll be it'll be significant, and it's an opportunity for us to really kind of tie up uh, all the different weird little loose ends that we've got. It is and then, an annual. It's an annual on its own too, so we're not beholden to the the action comics rules. So we can go a little wild with this, which yeah. is very exciting. And then That's somebody named, some. Somebody named Grant Morrison is gonna uh, stake stake claim over Midnighter for a little bit, but wow, must you know, be a when, new person. I haven't heard of him. When, Concerning. Yeah, when, this, 
when this person is unable to to bear that weight anymore, uh, we'll be there. We'll be, we'll be there. We'll be waiting. You'll be there to carry him. Yeah. You will be <laughs> the ring bearer. Uh, we do have a very nice comment I wanted to read from over on YouTube. Comic Pop says, no question, just saying this Wonder Woman Roman is spectacular status quo and a blast every issue, which is very nice. Um, and all, all although this is, is more than enough, and, Aww. and it's wonderful, <laughs> uh, Wonder Woman, Midnighter, is there anything else you're working on? Anything else you want to plug that's coming up potentially? Yeah. Um, there's stuff that we're doing for DC right now that we aren't allowed to bring up. Okay. Uh, but, it'll, but it'll be announced at some point. Very, very soon. <laughs> and, uh, Good. It'll Good. be one of those, it'll be one of those things where um, I don't know that people will expect us to be the people to be working on this project. But I think we're we're trying to show that we can write a variety of different things. So that's, I don't know, that's kind of a tease, but I mean, I, all that's all that we've got is like stuff that we can't talk about. I've got an, a graphic novel coming out uh, this month. I don't even know the release date and it's a secret. <laughs> it's going to, they're going to announce it. They should secret. tell you. It's a secret even for me. Wow. Um, Man. Yeah. So, so it's, it's strange. Uh, next week I've got a story in Superman Red and Blue. Uh, oh, with cool. art by Polly Hamner. It's a bizarro story, oh, nice. uh, which, you know, people who are familiar with me as a person, it kind of makes sense for me to be working on <laughs> such a thing. Becky's got something in Wonder Woman Black and, Black and Gold. Oh, nice. Oh, awesome. Yeah, those are, those are fun. Cool. <laughs> okay, very cool. That is a lot of stuff coming up. For fans of Becky's uh, art, uh, Becky drew that one as well. So, oh, oh, nice. great news! Yeah. That's awesome. She can draw. She can draw pretty well. She's pretty. Good. It takes me a long time. <laughs> Take your time. We'll wait. Yeah, we'll We're wait. Cool. We're cool. You're we busy it. doing a lot, so it's great. I have a bunch of short stories that I'm working on too, but nothing like. I mean, it's just original stuff right now. So on the side, yeah, yeah that old stuff is good too. We want to read it. Yeah, if you weren't familiar with Becky's original stuff, go go over to to the comic shop and look for By Chance or Providence. It's available from Image Comics. It's yes. some of some of the most breathtaking stuff you're ever gonna see. Thank I love you. it. I'm Aww. a big fan. Uh, guys, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a pleasure. Yeah. We are big fans of Wonder Woman, Midnighter, and everything else you're working on. So congratulations on all of that and have a lovely you so much. Too. See you guys. Thanks, Have a good one. Thanks, Thanks for Bye. coming through. Aw, those right. two. Uh, there we go. Very Once again, Michael so W. Great. Conrad and Becky Cloonan. Uh, Wonder Woman, new issue on stats tomorrow. You can also check out Midnighter yeah. and Action Comics. And real quick before we move on, uh, Pete, I made something for you. I just wanted to show off here. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm at work. There we go. It's not really showing up. Uh, so... I'm at work. I beat ass. <laughs> There uh, I'll print that out for you yeah, and send it to your thank office. Thank you. Yeah, please. Well, Alex, office. when you're on delay, you get a lot of other shit done. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I also <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm doing stuff. Cool, man. I'm not, it doesn't look like I'm here, but I'm, I tell I'm you, you have nothing to prove, Alex. You don't. <laughs> I, I, I just can't imagine if you were. I'm a part of the show. I'm an important part yeah, of the show. You are. You're not losing <laughs> your spot. 
Okay. All right. Don't kick me out. Uh, I just want to go back to to something they were talking about real quick. Like they go on walks and kind of like discuss uh, comic books and like pitch ideas to each other. That would be an amazing, like, uh, you know, like things overheard, like just hearing them kind of go back and forth on pitching ideas would be unbelievable just to kind of be able to. Uh, I agree, Pete. Um, We should go on walks. Just yeah. think of the shit we would say. Oh, man. Just crazy. Um, well, I want to hear the shit everybody else is going to say because we're going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. Yeah. And for audience questions, we will answer absolutely anything that is on your mind. Just drop a question, either and ask a question or in the comments over on YouTube, and we'll answer them. Um you know, we already went over this a little bit while people are getting questions in. Uh, I am now drinking a little dark rum in this glass, seeing how that tastes. With the Just a glass uh, of dark rum? Uh, that's bold. That's bold. What are you, no, a sailor who's been at sea for several months? <laughs> <laughs> I have this, uh, I literally, Gosling's, I'll drink Great. that straight. It's so Great. good. It's very good. Wow. That's cool. It's good stuff. I'm, uh, uh, the I'm limes just drinking and the mint and the sugar and everything are left over there. No, Pete. <laughs> no, it's vodka. And soda Justin, water. how are you killing yourself today? Uh, well, I'm in yeah, a okay. very hot oh, room, yeah. um, and like I said, I'm drinking this keg beer they have. Yeah, downstairs. but what beer? What's the beer? It's a pale ale that they make here. I, this Airbnb is on a farm, and so they yeah, make their morning, own beer. They make their own beer, wow. and you can also drink it there. In the morning, we get. Is eggs it, from the farm. We feed the goats. And it, that's all really you can drink beer? Yeah, dude. It's lit. What? I know. It's How it's are you fun. not storing uh, your words? Why don't... <laughs> Family. Why don't we go to for some questions? This is from Pablo over on Crowdcast. Um, what do you guys think of Rob Zombie doing a movie based on the Munsters? And I don't know if this is real news or something that Pablo is pitching us on. I'm not 100% sure. Well, uh, uh, it would be an interesting take on the monsters, that's for sure. It would definitely be more horrific. Uh, you know, I don't know. Why Why not? Sure. Do anything. I, would, I wonder what Rob Zombie's... Why is he after the monsters? Is he trying to lighten it up, do some fun, have some comedy? I mean, there is some comedy to his horror movies. Not a like, ton. Not a ton, not, but they're little moments. Little moments. I don't know it's if you remember the monsters. In terms of like, hey, did you see that clown rip up that person? That's pretty funny. Joke. Yeah. The Joke. monsters barely ever murdered um, a family member. Yeah, that's true. You know? The stairs ate a lot of people, but other than that, you know. Yeah. Mm. It was like a, that was uh, like a well, fun, fun murder. This is from Nelson over on YouTube. Out of the few pieces of news that dropped today, which are you guys most excited about? Ep titles for Umbrella Academy Season 3, Lock and Key Season 2, or the sneak peek of Sandman? Uh, So this is the portion of the show where we fill Pete in on some news. (laughs) That happened, probably. (laughs) Uh, But Netflix is doing their Geeked Week this week, where they're talking about a bunch of geek stuff. uh, Wait, that's very close to our Week in Geek section. I've got to get our lawyers on that. Millions of dollars. Millions. I'm going to take them down. Okay, great. Yeah. 
I have, I have our, crackle power. Our by lawyer is first up guy me, in so. the comments. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they mentioned uh, the Netflix, Steve Blackman, the showrunner of Umbrella Academy, read off the episode titles for Umbrella Academy season three. There's going to be ten episodes there. Uh, the big one, I think, for comic book fans, the last episode of season three is titled Oblivion which, of course, teases Hotel Oblivion, the miniseries by Gerard Way. So that sounds super oh, fun. That's... I'm excited to check that out. Uh, the Lock and Key Season 2. Lock and Key Season 2 is coming out in October, and they showed us some first-look images there. Not a whole time, yes. but we did see Kinsey walking on water by a swan boat, which I thought was very fun. Um, and I'm just psyched that show's coming back. And then the last one... It's great to have it on the schedule. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you check this out, but there was a behind-the-scenes reel of Sandman with Neil Gaiman walking around the set of Sandman. How'd you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, touching stuff, interacting with it. What'd you think, Justin? Uh, I um, the whole Sandman. The there was like some Twitter controversy that Neil Gaiman was actually like responding to, which I was like, get out of that mess. Um, I don't know. I I the light. There's too much light on this. I just want this to be. I just wanted to come out and just watch it. I can't have all this bad Drama, shit surrounding yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it was nice to see the actors kind of geeking out about Sandman. That made me very excited that like everybody is very familiar with the work and how important this was as far as like uh, something that really changed the game. So I, I, I'm all those things lined up for me. So I'm very excited about the series and it was cool just to kind of, uh, uh, see him kind of walking around and touching stuff. Yeah, I would just, he just needs to get out there and touch stuff. Someone mm-hmm. should be following him every day, just like touching uh, bags yeah, of flour at the grocery store. Over the course of a day, that would be amazing. Yeah. I'm sort of with you, Justin, maybe even a little stronger, where I, the cast is amazing and it looked great from the sets, but there's a certain sense that I feel like Neil Gaiman is a little too involved in this in a similar way when I feel Stephen King is too involved in a project where, man, I love both of them as writers. Like, their stuff sort of evens out when they're too involved in it, it feels like to me. You know what I mean? Where it's like, they don't have somebody else giving it the sharp edges it needs. Oh, are you talking about the Stephen King project that he is, like, wildly talking about uh, that's coming out? What's that called? Lizzie's Story? Yeah. Is that what, the he, he wrote why are you mad at someone who's like being hands-on with their own project? Like what, what? No, sometimes it works. I just don't have a sense necessarily that it works all the time with Neil Gaiman. Like, I think he, he needs somebody else to process his stuff and bring out the things when it's working for TV, but I gotta watch it. Of course, we're probably going to do a podcast. He's yeah, he's really good at his job. So enter, enter, enter Sandman. Yeah. Yeah. Enter podcast. Enter Sandfan. Enter podcast. That's very good. That's really smart. You know what? We have, we have a little time to work on it. We'll figure okay, it out. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, we got a bunch of questions. I think Enter Podcast is pretty good. Yes. Uh, this is from Michael T over on Crowdcast. If you could write yourself a cameo on an MCU a la. I froze. It was okay. tough. We didn't get the you full question. You don't have to say it every time he does it. <laughs> Well, you know, so the audio people listening I, know what's I up. I got it. If you could, uh, we'll fix that post. If you could write yourself a cameo in the MCU a la Stan Lee, what would it be? What do you think? 
So this is a la Stan Lee means you're just any asshole in any scene just being like, hey, would you look at that? Yeah, but I mean, it's funny to see Stan Lee driving a truck trying to pull the hammer out of the ground. You know what I mean? Because that's it's like, a, a you know, you don't expect him there, you know. So the, but I don't know. I mean, I, uh, you know, as we were in lock and key, like being split in half with a double sided black axe is kind of. You know, that's unbelievable. I would love to, uh, you know, maybe get shot. And Well, people don't really die so much or get shot. But like, you, you want to get oh, shot. Oh, yeah, it's great. That's a fun. You want to, you know, then you get to do the makeup where there's like a bullet hole in your head or maybe a couple. You know, that's fun stuff. <laughs> so you want to be shot. And you're, you're not, you don't care by who or where. No. You haven't said any Marvel Universe project. You're just no. like, I just want to be shot at some point. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a strong, <laughs> strong answer. I hey, guess you could I, do that in real life, man. Yeah, it's a good call. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Silver Surfer's surfboard. Oh, surfboard. All right. Just I could just pay, silver me up, and I'll lay very rigidly. <laughs> I, I mean, I know you're a great actor, but I don't know if I believe you as a surfboard right now. Look, Maybe. look, look. It's perfect. Yeah, but I didn't believe you were a surfboard. Uh, well, I'm not you look more like I'd an be ironing lying. board. You were more like an ironing board there. Don't you, know? you dare. Yeah, Don't you right. dare. <laughs> oh, you know story. This baby Silver Surfer sort of like in a vi- vision uh, style, the comic vision where he's just oh, like okay. chilling right. in suburbia. And it's, uh... it's a different take. I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> you look, if I you look more like an idea. ironing board. Fuck you. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, go ahead. Uh, you want to be question. frozen in yeah, the corner somewhere? I, I what? What? What's you? What? Yeah, that'd be frozen cool. out. Uh, this is from Corey. Corey over on YouTube. Up, what is the most glaring hole in your comic book reading history? For me, it is Sandman. Ooh, great question. This is a, a, a vulnerability test for yeah. us here yeah. on this um, here on this podcast. Um, I mean, I. The one I realized recently was not uh, reading a comic, but it was that I hadn't seen the original Captain America movie until <laughs> we were recapping it. And I was like, oh, shit, I didn't actually see this whole movie. Um, so that was a fun revelation. I think we've uh, talked about this on the show before. Yeah, uh, Alan Moore's Swamp Thing. I've never read that. Yeah. Uh, that And that's so good. That's really yeah. good. I'm you sure it is. That. It's just I've never gotten around to it. Great thing to read on like a hot summer day when you're like a little weirded out, you know, a little swampy, mm-hmm. a little swampy, oh, swampy, feeling a little swampy. Yeah, it's the yeah. same. Unfortunately, it's the same for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. swamp thing. I have. Uh, all right, uh, mine is uh, sort Here's of tech. mine's planetary. I haven't read planetary. Ooh. Uh, that's really good too. You should definitely check that out. Um, why don't we do one last one here, and then we'll move on to trivia. Uh, this is from First Hand Up Guy. Now that the pandemic is over, not over, are you going to start buying comics from a shop again? Ooh, exciting. Um, it is. I still haven't been back to Midtown Comics. Wow. For all this time. Yeah. Um, I, gotta... I will I will be in Midtown tomorrow. Maybe I'll pop in. I'm going to have a couple you hours. You should. Yeah, you should you know pop in, shake some hands, kiss some babies. I'm sure they'd love to see you. Very not COVID activities. Yeah, yeah, and none of those. I'm of those I'm are. excited. I got to find a new comic book shop. 
so it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, what I can find around here. So I'm looking forward yep. to it. Yeah, Philly That's comic book go. shop. That is it for your money. Yeah, you can put a little. Uh, you when you go into a Philly comic book shop, you got to tell them if it's wit or wit out whiz. Oh, always wit, always wit. wit. Uh, Kevin okay. is a little upset that you're maybe you're skipping his question. I just wanted to point that out. Uh, I am just uh, since I keep flipping it and out. I feel like why do we move on to the section that Pete handles, and we will. De- okay, <laughs> yeah, he just froze there, so that makes a great point. It's. Our- Time for trivia featuring Peter the Page, the star of trivia. Let's do yeah, this. We already had a hand up, Pete. So I'm going to welcome in Michael into the stream. Oh, okay. Some Michael T. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's welcome him in. You guys are doing a great job of vamping, by the way. Oh, great. Yeah, this is part we give back to you, the lovely audience. And it's not the vamping time. It's time for $23 the <laughs> in the form of a Midtown Comics online gift card. That's right. Uh, today's trivia is on topical comic news and a small nod to the le- legend Clarence Williams Third. Sorry great. the background music isn't here, Pablo. Here, here you go. How's this? Perfect. No delay. Nice. Uh, <laughs> wow, Pablo needs it. Yeah, he does. Uh, Alex, you don't have to read the reviews that are happening uh, on to the right <laughs> of my faces. Everybody's a little salty today. Yeah. Hey, oh, Michael, here. Here. All right. Well, uh, here, Michael, I'm going to try re-inviting you. I'm going to play this on Crowdcast. In. I don't think this is my fault. I think this is Crowdcast's fault. That's what wow. I'm saying. A little late in the show to be throwing the blame around, Alex. <laughs> Let him in. Let, Let him, him in. in. Let, Let him in. Nat Townsend going back to his real name. Good for you, Nat. Good That's for you. Great. All right. Well, if Michael, if you don't get in, I know this is a little annoying, but why don't you uh, do some trivia in the comments here? Just drop your answer. You'll be able to figure it out, and Pete can read it for you. Mm-hmm. All right. So here, why don't uh, we do that? Okay, great. Here we go. Question number one. Who will be the star of Tom King's next comic? Will it be A, Catwoman, B, Supergirl, or is it C, Tommy Chong? So it's either A, Catwoman, don't pick it, or it's B, Supergirl. Ah, that there's Michael definitely T's answers. Correct. Michael T is correct. Yeah, it is B, and it's going to be Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. It should be very cool and very excited. Very cool. Yes, yeah. me too. All right, here we go. Question number two. There has been a last-minute writing change with Amazing Spider-Man. Who will be the new writer? Is it A, Becky Cloonan, shout out, B, Ed Brisson, or is it C, Snoop Dogg? So it's either A, don't pick it, or if you want to be correct, it would be another B. Another B, he says. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come on, Michael T. You got this, man. Don't overthink it. Yeah. Uh, B for Beck. That is a great answer. That's right. And uh, it is correct, right? It B? is correct, yes. Really? But Matt Townsend wrote it and not 
not Michael T. But take we'll... the answers when you can get them, Pete. Okay, all right. I hear what you're saying. Keep the show moving. Not everybody has that crispy Zalbin internet. Okay, there uh, we're Michael all just T's got the B B B B B. All right, here we go. Last one. We have uh, seen giant size X Men. Uh, what is the next size that is coming out in June? Is it A Galactus size, B Planet size, or is it C Willie Nelson? So it's either A, or you could go all B's and go with Planet size. That is right, Michael T. It is Planet size X Men is the next one coming yes. out. And as uh, and as we all know, I'm talking about the 1998 classic, cult classic, I should say, Half Baked. Oh, nice, Thank great. You, Kevin. Uh, there um, we go. And that is a secret quiz that Pete runs in the C answers of the trivia. I think uh, a lot of trivia shows run a separate secret quiz. Um, yes, Cuban B. Michael, you have won a $25 gift card to Midcount Comics. Shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com, and we'll get that off to you. Guys, new comics, they're coming out. We're psyched for them. What are you mm-hmm. looking forward to that's coming out this week, Justin? Ooh, great. Other than I mean, Wonder Woman? Yeah, we. it's tough because we've already super hyped up the comics uh, that we've talked about on this episode, Birthright mm-hmm. 50 and Wonder Woman, I believe, 773. Um, very excited for both of those books. Uh, but Great. to give a, a one we haven't already talked about, I'm just going to throw it out to X-Men. Uh, huh. X-Men 21 is coming out, and it's really a... Boom. Uh, no, it's a, it's a repositioning. Yourself. It's a repositioning. It feels like sort of we're moving out of all this overture stuff that Hickman's been doing for the last couple of years with the X-Men and moving into something that feels a little bit larger very excited for that. Um, very excited. I'm I'm looking forward to uh, Geiger number three and the Good Asian number two. Uh, some really amazing writing, some cool stories. Uh, yeah, amazing art. I'm surprised that you didn't call out Far Sector number twelve from DC Comics, which is the final issue of uh, Far Sector. Piece. Well, Another I will. Show. Great. When issue. we get to the stack, yeah, take All right, take we'll that away that. from me. But yeah, uh, but the the one I'm really excited about Six Sidekicks number one from Image Comics, written by Kyle Starks. Big fan of what Kyle Starks has been doing. His titles have been really fun, very specific, and very creative in their bits. And I've been enjoying them quite a bit. So I'm excited to talk about all of that on our Stack podcast, which rolls out of the Comic Book Club feed and also its own dedicated feed Wednesday at 9 a.m. And folks, that is it for this week's show. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Michael W. Conrad and Becky Cloonan for being here. Pick up Wonder Woman on stands now. Joshua Williamson for talking about Birthright. Birthright number 50 from Image Comics is on stands tomorrow. Definitely pick it up as well as the rest of that series. Next week, we're going to have two great guests for you. Julia and Julio Anta, the creator of Home, a new Image Comics book that we've been really enjoying a lot. Yeah. is coming on the show. Yeah. Also, Danny Headland, who is the creator of the literary tarot that has been tearing up kickstarter and has a wild oh, yeah. creator list on it is also going to be on the show a bunch of other things to plug that we have coming out Candyman, a sweet tooth podcast that is running in its own I've dedicated feed recapping every day as long as candy as well as candy reviews checked it out also marvel vision our marvel podcast that is the place to check out our loki 
recap that is going to be popping up first thing tomorrow morning as we Woo! break down every episode of Loki. Once again, that's Marvel Vision. Patreon.com slash... Two quick things on those, oh, Alex. Yeah. Two quick things before. Sorry to interrupt your, uh, you, uh, but uh, we have a great surprise episode of the Sweet Tooth Podcast coming very soon. And we, uh, in our Avengers rewatch, we shouted out Gabrus as Herc. Uh, Gabrus for Herc. Hashtag Gabrus for Herc. Uh, who's going to be the next Hercules if we can get the campaign going. Yeah! Let's get it going. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter. Comic Book Club Live for this podcast and more. Until next time, good night! Thanks, everybody. Good night, everybody. everybody.